0: It's a pleasure to welcome Dr. Michael Durbin to the podcast who joins us by phone today from Des Plaines, Illinois. Dr. Durbin wears a number of hats in the AAO. Among them, he is the trustee from the Midwestern Society of Orthodontists and he is the president of the AAO's Donated Orthodontic Services Program, which is our topic for this podcast segment. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Durbin.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: Thanks so much for joining us. Let's go back to the beginnings of the Donated Orthodontic Services Program. Uh, Why did the AAO decide to create this program, and and when did it launch?
1: So on or about 2009, AAO leadership recognized that a more formal volunteer program of orthodontic donated services would better serve uh, our patients, and allow an easier time in calculating the amount of donated orthodontic services that were provided. Orthodontists are generally very generous, and many doctors have treated patients for free in their offices. Previously, the AAO tracked this through a line on the due statement asking for the donated amount of services from that past year. And it was thought that this led to under-reporting of the volunteer activities and a better mechanism was desired. So the AAO decided to partner with Dental Lifeline Network, who administers the very successful donated dental services program. And we've been partners with Dental Lifeline Network since its inception of the program. In 2014, the AAO DOS program was incorporated as a 501c3 to allow tax-deductible donations to the program from individuals, corporations, and foundations. So that's a little background on how the program was started.
0: When and why did you get involved in DOS, Dr. Durbin?
1: I had previously been on the AAO Access to Care Task Force, and I became involved in the Donated Orthodontic Services Program when my state society was looking to establish its own volunteer network of orthodontists. We were investigating starting our program at the same time that the AAO was establishing DOS. And I'd had experience as a donated dental services provider and thought that might be a good fit for Illinois. And as the AAO was working to develop their program, they thought the same thing. And so it worked out to be uh, in perfect alignment that the AAO chose uh, Dental Lifeline Network to, to be its partner.
0: What is DDS and is that also administered by Dental Lifeline Network?
1: The DDS program is the Donated Dental Services Program. And what this allows is dentists or orthodontists in their own practices to see patients in need. And Dental Lifeline Network is the administrator for this program. And the DDS program has chapters in almost all 50 states. So we thought this would be a perfect fit for the AAO program, which would then allow an infrastructure that was in place already to take over the DOS program. My colleague Spencer Pope and I were named co-chairs for Illinois and we remain in those positions today. And Spencer and I worked to develop criteria for patients as well as the supplemental materials that would be needed to start a DOS program in a state. The AAO gave assistance in coordinating the efforts of the other states so a template could be developed for other states to use when they decided to start a DOS program.
0: Dr. Durbin, who qualifies for care under the Donated Orthodontic Services Program?
1: When we looked at uh, developing the program, we really wanted to treat those patients who couldn't afford treatment, who didn't have access to other programs such as state Medicaid programs. So our guidelines include patients who are 200% or below of the federal poverty level, which currently is just under $50,000 for a family of four. And as I mentioned, these patients shouldn't be eligible for Medicaid programs. Now, in each state, the Medicaid guidelines are different. For instance, in Illinois, the guidelines aren't only based on financial qualifications, but also clinical qualifications. So the clinical qualifications that have to be met in order for a patient to be covered under the state program are quite difficult to reach. And so we have many patients who are from the Medicaid program but don't qualify for Medicaid coverage because their case is not severe enough. So these are the types of patients that we'd like to treat.
0: You're talking about the program being organized by state and administered by state. Uh, Why is that state model chosen?
1: I think the state model was originally chosen because of the DDS program that we were basing or working off of in developing the program. So as I mentioned, Dental Lifeline had a network in almost every state of DDS coordinators, and the original thought was to use uh, those coordinators in order to administer the program. As time went on, we realized that it was going to be easier to have central administration out of Denver, which is the headquarters location for Dental Lifeline. So the state programs still make a lot of sense in terms of recruiting volunteers, recruiting patients, but it's still administered nationally out of Denver.
0: Now, when uh, the donated orthodontic services program started in '09, if memory serves, there were five pilot states. Is that right?
1: Yes. The original five pilot states were Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Rhode Island, and New Jersey. Since that time, the program has expanded to six other states, and we have volunteers in an additional 18 states for coverage of a total of 29 states across the country with DOS volunteers.
0: So how do these state programs then fit into the, the nationwide scope?
1: I believe the state program, they're still vital to the success of DOS because they have a larger scope and you can engage many more volunteers than having just a few volunteers from a state. One of the issues that we run into is matching orthodontists with patients and patients with orthodontists. And you don't want to advertise that you have a program that will give underserved patients free care when you don't have any volunteers. And at the same time, you don't want to recruit volunteers when there aren't any patients. So when you have a state that takes on a program, it makes it much easier to recruit both those volunteers and those dentists.
0: Do you have a count, Dr. Durbin, on uh, roughly how many AAO members have volunteered for donated orthodontic services?
1: Currently, we have close to 600 AAO members who have volunteered their services to to the underserved in their states.
0: How is this program funded?
1: We get in-kind support from the AAO in the form of staff time for legal, accounting, communications, administration, and such. We also get financial support from companies such as GAC, Align, and Henry Schein. We get donations from our members on their annual session registration form. And we also have a program through Amazon Smiles that allows a small portion of each Amazon purchase to go towards the DOS program. In addition, a modest $200 fee is paid by families to underwrite the administration of the program that is done by Dental Lifeline Network.
0: And uh, so far, roughly how many patients have been served?
1: we served over 700 families and patients with a value of $3.7 million. So obviously we are making an impact, even though the program is still in its early stages.
0: I guess there's always room for more volunteers, though. Uh, and, and are there patients who've been selected for care that just are, are on hold until the, a caregiver can be found?
1: Yes, we, we can always use more volunteers, And currently we do have a waiting list in some states due to the high demand for services. And one of the things that happens with programs with this is that once people hear about a great program like this, the patients do get drawn to it. And that's the balance that we're always trying to to weigh is having enough volunteers and enough patients and making sure that they're getting in an appropriate amount of time.
0: Okay, I'm going to put on my, uh, I'm I'm an AAO member hat. And uh, if I'm an AAO member who volunteers for donated orthodontic services, do I have to accept the patients who are sent my way?
1: I think this is really one of the real benefits of this program. Because the AAO was involved with developing the program from the very beginning, we were able to build the guidelines in such a way that the patient's but also the orthodontist, the volunteer orthodontist, can get the best experience possible. So the orthodontist will determine if the patient and the family are a good fit for their practice. Fortunately, most orthodontists have found that the patients have worked well in their their practices and haven't had to deny treatment to anybody. But it is up to the orthodontist to decide if he would like to treat that family or not.
0: And if I'm an orthodontist, I want to make sure that that family really is in need. How how do I know that that, that in fact, is true?
1: Again, another benefit of the program in working with Dental Lifeline Network, they have a long history of administering the Donated Dental Services Program, doing financial screenings on, on families and patients, and also really working through and talking through with the parents and the families Uh, what's going to be necessary for treatment to be successful. Obviously, the patient is going to have to come into the office on a regular basis. The patient's going to have to cooperate with oral hygiene and following treatment instructions. And uh, the administrator for Dental Lifeline does a great job of working through this with the patients and the families so that everyone knows what the expectations are going into the program.
0: Dr. Durbin, you mentioned a a $200 fee that goes uh, to Dental Lifeline Network for their administrative uh, services. What if a family can't pay that $200?
1: One of the things that we've done, as I mentioned, is get monies from different corporations. And because our expenses are so low at the donated orthodontic services program, we're able to use those funds from those corporations to fund scholarships for patients who are unable to afford the $200. So a patient will write a short letter, uh, a short application that they sent to Dental Lifeline, and then our board reviews those applications and awards scholarships based on that. And fortunately, we're able to support many of the patients who apply for these scholarships.
0: Many bases covered. That's wonderful. Uh, now, there are still quite a few states that don't have a formal program. So if someone listening today wanted to start a state program, what's involved? How do they get started? How much does it cost?
1: So the nice thing now is that many of the support materials have already been developed. So the first step is to, to make the decision that, yes, we want to make a difference, we want to help our patients, and we want to help our, our volunteer orthodontists really maximize their efforts. So contacting the AAO, they'll be able to get all the support materials that they would need. Generally, I think it's best to have two volunteer orthodontists who would be willing to lead the program, and basically that means contacting orthodontists at your state or at your constituent meetings, also working with the AAO, sending out letters to general dentists and to pediatric dentists in order to to get new patients to come into the program. And the cost is relatively low because it's really the cost of communicating to your members and communicating to referring dentists. So we did it through mail, which probably ends up costing about $2,000 then to to mail letters to, to dentists or mail letters to volunteer orthodontists. But if there's a more effective means outside of mailing, that brings down the cost that may actually be a better way to do it as well and once you get the program going we are able to communicate with most of our volunteers and even with the referring dentists through email, so the cost has come down quite a bit.
0: You've been involved in donated orthodontic services for quite a while now. Is this for you a, a satisfying form of volunteerism? And and what it's what's it been like for you to be a volunteer for DOS?
1: I think we all know what the impact is of the work that we do on patients and their families. But when you have a family or a patient who otherwise wouldn't be able to afford treatment. And you're performing the kind of life-changing services that we do. It is very rewarding and very fulfilling. My first experience was uh, a beautiful young woman with an impacted cuspid who refused to smile. And I was able to work with a local oral surgeon, and he did the exposure for me uh, for no charge, which was great. We were able to treat the patient. And uh, the the case turned out very, very nicely and both the patient and her mom were so happy not only with the result but with the impact that it had on her life. So then she went and stopped smiling once we had finished treatment. So that was that was great and I found it to be the kind of program because of all the back backroom support through the AAO, through Dental Lifeline Network, that it's so easy to administer and so easy to work with that it makes it even more rewarding. And it's very, uh, very little impact on the staff of the office as well.
0: So for listeners who might be thinking about uh, joining uh, as a volunteer for DOS, what would you say to them?
1: Well, as the commercial says, I would say just do it. I think the best way to do it is to, uh, as I mentioned, find a couple volunteers who'd be willing to take a step forward there isn't really any risk in trying to start a program. There will be patients, and there will be volunteer orthodontists. And that's, if you know that going in, that's the part that makes it much, much easier. Obviously, you can contact the AO, specifically Ann Sebaugh, and she would be happy to help in any way. Or you can contact me, and I would be happy to answer any questions that you might have in starting a program.
0: And how about those who maybe want to donate to DOS? Uh, You you touched on that earlier. How can they make a donation?
1: Sure. As I mentioned, uh, one opportunity is through your annual session registration form. There is a line on there where you can make a donation. I mentioned the Amazon Smiles program, where a portion of the proceeds from buying items from Amazon goes towards the program. But also you can go to the AAO website. And you can click on a link there and uh, make a donation. Or you can simply write a check made out to the AAO DOS program and mail that to the AAO attention and CBAW, and that will get to the DOS program and help serve those patients who are most in need.
0: Is there anything else, Dr. Durbin, that you'd like to tell us about donated orthodontic services?
1: I think... One of the things that I really enjoy about the program is the fact that this program was initiated by the orthodontist. This wasn't a program that somebody told us that had to be done or told us that we had to do. This was a need that orthodontists recognized, came forward, built an excellent program, and a program that will last for many, many years. And a program where the monies, are going towards the work for the patients. As I mentioned, we have a, a very low budget, um, and, and we do a great job, I think, of reducing costs and reducing expenses. And I think it's important for people to know that, that this program is working for patients and making it easy for the orthodontist to volunteer their time. And
0: uh, just to repeat, those who are interested in volunteering or donating, if they have questions, uh, who is their contact at AAO?
1: That would be Ann Sebaugh, and she can be contacted at A-Sebaugh, S-E-B-A-U-G-H, at a aaortho.org. You may also reach her by phone at 800-424-2841.
0: Dr. Durbin, thank you so much for taking time today to tell us about AAO's Donated Orthodontic Services Program. Uh, For members who'd like to read up on DOS, you can visit aaoinfo.org, hover over Practice Management, and under Patient Management, select AAO Donated Orthodontic Services Program. And again, if you'd care to become a DOS volunteer, uh, you can do it uh, by contacting Ann Seba at the AAO. Again, eight hundred. 424-2841, and Anne's extension is 582. There's also a form online uh, if you go to the website, and you can fill in that form to uh, become a DOS volunteer. Again, Dr. Durbin, thank you so much for taking time today to talk to us about the AAO's Donated Orthodontic Services Program.
1: Thanks for giving me the opportunity to speak today.
0: And that's Dr. Michael Durbin, the president of the AAO's Donated Orthodontic Services Program.